Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and thank you for listening to Guerrilla Christianity, an unconventional, no-apologies exposition of God's grace. I'm Pastor Brett Walker. Over the years, there has been a great deal of confusion over what it means to be born again, and it started with the very first person to hear it. This Pharisee named Nicodemus didn't get it at first, but as we look at his life, we see how God has worked in him to bring about a radical transformation. So grab your Bible, turn into John chapter 6, and join us as we look at what it means to be born again. Would you please uh, take out your Bibles, either the ones that you brought with you or the ones in the pews, and open them with me to the book of John chapter 3. I found it uh, ironic this morning that I'm preaching on John 3.16 on... 316. Uh, but what an amazing uh, verse, probably the most well-known and beloved of all the verses in Scripture. Um, and what a tremendous opportunity to see God's grace in action during this Lenten season. And so let us hear the word of the Lord for us today. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. May God pour out his blessing upon this, the reading of his holy word. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts 
Be found acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What does it mean to be born again? It's a phrase that causes a great deal of confusion in some. Uh, Even those in the church have a hard time understanding what it really means to be born again. Are born-again Christians different than regular Christians? Are all Christians born again? Or how can we tell if we have been born again? How do we know? Or maybe we were born again when we were children and we, we don't realize what has happened or recognize the process. These are all questions that were rolling around in my own mind when I was a young person. And it's a very confusing thing. Like Nicodemus, I was always thinking of a physical rebirth. To be born again from your mother, that just doesn't seem possible. But Jesus is talking about a a spiritual rebirth. We meet this Pharisee. His name is Nicodemus. And who are the Pharisees? The Pharisees were a sect of Judaism. They were an extremely legalistic sect of Judaism. They believed in following the letter of the law. And the intent of the law didn't matter. What mattered was the law was written down, and so we follow it. That's it. doesn't matter why God said to do the things that He said to do. We follow them because we are God's people, and that's it. People would say, but why? Why do we have to follow the law? What does the law mean? And the Pharisees would say, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you follow the law. They were teachers. They were people of, uh, in positions of power. And so they told the people, just follow the law and don't ask questions. So Nicodemus came to Jesus. says, the same came to Jesus by night. Now why did he come by night? Jesus wasn't holding a tent revival or anything like that. It was, he came to him at night so his friends, his other Pharisees, wouldn't see him. He came under cover of night, in secret. He didn't want to be seen. But there was something about this itinerant rabbi, Jesus, that intrigued him. There was something there that just seemed attractive. And so he wanted to find out for himself. Go straight to the source, as it were. And he met with Jesus, but he went at night. But he said to Jesus, Rabbi. So he calls him Rabbi, which is sort of what we would call a doctor today. A PhD. It's a, it's a, it's a term of honor. Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher came from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. So he acknowledges Jesus' authority. 
It's the first thing he does when he comes to Jesus. He acknowledges his authority as a teacher, as a man of God, as a man sent from God. Now, in the background of that declarative statement was a question. And the unspoken question was, are you? Are you the Son of God? Are you the Messiah? Are you the one we're waiting for? And Jesus knows that that's his question. But that's not the question that Jesus answers. As he does so often in Scripture, he turns it around and takes a different tract. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus says to Nicodemus, Okay, Nicodemus, you've acknowledged my authority. Now, I say to you that unless someone is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. He says, you've acknowledged my authority. Now listen to what I have to say. And Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He didn't get it. He didn't understand. He was thinking in physical terms. We live in a physical world. And so he used a metaphor that he understood. He was thinking, you know, being born again meant going into your mother's womb and being born again. And that, you know, I'm a lot bigger today than I was when I was born. It might be a little bit of a hardship on my mother, you know, as if she's even still alive, you know. I mean, you just don't know. How can that be? How is that possible? And Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's not being born of the flesh, it's being born of the Spirit. It's a spiritual rebirth. And he, he throws in the water, which signifies baptism. Now, we in the Methodist church, when we think of baptism, we think of sprinkling usually. Because that's kind of the way that we do it. We, we take the baby and we, we put the water on his head. Just enough to wet the hair. Just enough to get him upset, you know. So he cries. And, but this is a much easier concept to understand, quite honestly, in denominations where there is a, a full immersion. Okay? Now, I'm going to sit down. Is it okay if I sit down? Okay. Imagine this is the immersion pool, okay? We don't have one in this church, so I couldn't do it that way. Uh, plus, my bathing suit is in the cleaners. Um, so, but imagine that this is the immersion pool, and the water is here. And what they would do is they would lay in the immersion pool. The pastor would have them lay back, and it's as if they are being buried with Christ. And then they come up out of the water. One of those sit-ups are really paying off. Uh, they come up out of the water, and it's like they're reborn. It's a symbol. It's a symbol of their rebirth. 
And like I said, it's a lot easier to see in those denominations where they do the, uh, the full immersion. But that's what baptism symbolizes. It symbolizes a, a death to the flesh, a death to ourselves, and a rebirth to the Spirit. When we are born of the flesh, we resemble the flesh. But when we are born of the Spirit... We resemble the Spirit. And that's what Jesus tells him. He says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, we don't take this to mean that this is a mandate for baptism. Okay? Understand that baptism is very important in the life of the Christian. I would never tell somebody not to be baptized. I think it's a very important thing to do. But we have to remember that it is not the act of baptism itself that saves us. Rather, baptism is a symbol of the fact that we have been saved. It's a symbol. Baptism is a symbol of the rebirth. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says... So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And that's what a spiritual rebirth is. We die to the self, we die to the flesh, and we are born anew in the Spirit. Jesus says, what is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And just as sin came into the world through one person, now one person was going to take the sin away. In Romans 5, 18 and 19, it says, Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to the condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. When we're born of the Spirit, we take on the characteristics of the Spirit. We take on the characteristics of the ones who born us. You know, I I resemble my mother and my father. And so, when I am born again, I resemble my Father in heaven. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus challenges him. He says, Aren't you a a teacher in Israel? And you don't know these things? He says, We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I had told you earthly things and you believe not... How shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? He says to Nicodemus, you're thinking in physical terms, but I'm speaking in spiritual terms. And there's a big difference. The spiritual world is nothing like the physical world. He says, no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Jesus says, there's your answer. You wanted to know if I am who I said I am? Yes. 
I'm the one who came down from heaven. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, what does that mean? What is he talking about? He's talking about, in the book of Numbers, chapter 21, the people of Israel had sinned against God, and he sent poisonous snakes to bite them, and they were dying by the tens of thousands from these poisonous snake bites. Uh, Numbers 21. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze, put it on a pole, and whomever, whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. This serpent was a type of Christ. This whole story about what happened in the desert, it amazes me. Because note that God didn't take the poisonous serpents away. The poisonous serpents were still there. But instead, God provided them a way to survive if they were bit. He didn't say, you know, suck the poison out, amputate the limb, whatever it might be, to save the person. But instead, He gave them something and we, don't, we think that's like the weirdest thing. How is that possible? Because God made it possible. Moses made a bronze serpent and lifted it up on a pole where everybody could see it. And if anybody was bitten by a poisonous snake, all they had to do was to look at that serpent on the pole. By doing that, they were trusting in God to save them. It was an act of God. It was not their own doing. Because all they did was look. All they did was look at the pole. And God spared their life. In the same way, Jesus was lifted up on a cross. And anyone who is bitten by the poisonous sin... Because when we're bitten by sin, sin kills us. We die. Sin brings death. But anyone who looks to Jesus as their Savior will live. And that's exactly what Jesus is telling us, and He tells us in the same next verse, that verse that we all know so well. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The action verb is believe. All we have to do is to believe. Believe in the One that God sent. Look to Jesus as our Savior and be saved. 
Look to Jesus and live. And in the next verse, he he talks about the grace of God. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. God didn't send Jesus as a judge. He sent Him as a Savior. And all we have to do is just look to Him as our Savior. And from the cross, He says, just like He said to the thief on the cross, the thief on the cross said to Him, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It's not about what we do. It's not about the things that we do. It's about who we believe. It's about looking to Jesus as our Savior. But how do we know when we're saved? How do we know when we're born again? Well, Nicodemus' rebirth was evidenced by his later actions. You see, later in the book of John, John chapter 7, it says that Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus before, and who was one of the Pharisees, asked, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they are doing, does it? The same man who hid in the darkness of the shadows, the same man who secretly went to Jesus at night, now openly challenges the Pharisees and defends Jesus. Defends him. He had that transformation. He didn't get it right away. On the night when he went to see Jesus, he didn't understand it. But we're not made complete when we're born. You know, my son Isaac, when he was born, he wasn't born walking and talking and, you know, hello, my baby, hello, my honey. I mean, he's a baby. He's not fully formed, but he's growing. And his eyes are wide open and seeing him with his eyes open and just taking everything in and growing and learning and learning and growing. And there will be a day when he is a mature person. Today is not that day. It's the same with Nicodemus. He wasn't born mature with all of us. When we are born again, we are babes in Christ. And we need to grow and mature. And Jesus knows that. Being born again doesn't mean being perfect from day one. It's a process. But Nicodemus defended Jesus. And then, at the end of Jesus' life, when he hung on a cross, he went with Joseph of Arimathea. They took down the body of Jesus And it says, Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about 100 pounds. They took 
the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. So he prepared Jesus' body. He went in the daylight now and took Jesus off the cross and carried him and prepared his body for burial. And he didn't care who saw him. He did it openly. He did it because he had been transformed. Being born again is a transformation. I stand before you today as a born-again Christian because I no longer resemble the life that I led in the flesh. I'm a totally different person. I was saying to someone the other day that I, sometimes I wish that the people that I know in church had known me before I came to Christ. Because you wouldn't believe the difference. Really. I was a horrible person. But I always said I was a good person. It's, 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 it's striking to me, the change that has come about in me because I was born again, born of the Spirit. And God can do that for each and every one of us. Just as He did for Nicodemus. Just as He did for me. Nicodemus was transformed. When we are born again, we no longer resemble our old earthly selves. But we are born of the Spirit and resemble the Spirit. So this Lenten season, when we come to the cross and take hold of our Savior, let us be born again. Let us be born anew. Let us be born from above, born of water and the Spirit, so that God may transform us and make us into something new. And remember these words, so that if anyone is in Christ There is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for all that you've done for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that you will take us and mold us and make us into that spiritual version of yourself. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and transform us from inside. Let us turn our eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of life will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you live in the Salem County area, you can join us in person. Ebenezer United Methodist Church in Auburn holds its worship service every Sunday at 9 a.m. And Hudson United Methodist Church in Pedricktown holds its worship service at 10.30. We also have Bible study during the week. If our message has touched you in some way, won't you let us know in the comments? We hope you'll join us again for Guerrilla Christianity. God bless you.